Hi, everybody. Welcome to Vice Report, Drew and Ted. He's Drew, the happiest Michigan fan in the world. I'm Ted, and my football, this has been like the worst football year of my life, and behind the scenes making this all happen is everybody's perennial tournament of roses, queen, grand marshal, whatever, Ruby Drewster. Yeah. Got to get it out of the way. Congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines. No way. What just happened here with the miracle beat the alabama crimson tide 27 20 in an absolutely thrilling football game whether you like michigan hate alabama hate michigan love alabama whatever it was a great game you have the floor my friend congrats congratulations on the big 10 championship the rose bowl championship and a spot in the college football playoff finals thank you sir thank you ted glover I don't know, I won't take up too much time because nobody really cares about Michigan that's tuning into this show, so I'll, I'll make this short and sweet, and then I won't mention it the rest of the night. I won't mention any Michigan stuff the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah, you will. That was a tough haul getting that game, but uh, as people shouldn't be able to question now, Michigan's defensive line's pretty good, and if you're pretty good in the trenches like we talk about with the Vikings, if you're good in the O-line and the D-line, you got a shot. It's the first time in a long time we're going to be playing for all the marbles, and I'm uh, proud of my team this year, Ted. They beat a team I thought they were going to lose to. And not because I'm an Ohio State fan. Everybody knows I'm a huge OSU fan. I just thought Alabama had the better offensive and defensive line. And Michigan's lines on both sides of the ball absolutely whipped Alabama the first two and a half quarters. Yeah, and I've never seen Saban get outcoached as much as Harbaugh coached him. I've never seen Saban get that outcoached. And I've also never seen the offensive line for a Bama team get whipped like that. Did you watch the Sugar Bowl, the Texas-Washington game? Yeah. I thought that was a more entertaining game, I guess, if that makes sense. But I'll tell you this. About halfway through the third quarter, I thought to myself, it doesn't matter who comes out of this game. Either offense, and both Texas and Washington's offenses are, are very, very good. I don't think either one of those offenses would be able to run up and down the field like they did against Michigan's defense. I will say if Washington's game plan is the same as it was against Texas, Michigan will have their hands full. But I don't think Michael Penix Jr. is going to have the time to throw the ball like he did against Texas either. Texas wasn't going to beat Michigan. The only team that had a chance, I think, going into that Sugar Bowl, I think, was Washington. So naturally, I wanted Texas to win because I think Michigan matches up better against him. But Maryland had the right game plan. They threw deep. They mixed it up. They were going three-step drop and throwing that 30-yard fade. They completed like six of those on Michigan, and they had Michigan out of sorts. But nobody else has done that all year. That's the way to beat Michigan. And Penix is the best deep ball accuracy of a quarterback I've seen in the last 10 years of college football. He had some money throws against Texas. I mean, short, intermediate, long. I mean, he was he was cash money. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. I hope they're, they're all up in Penix's uh, grill come Monday night, but this is big for me. It's first time in a long time being able to, to play for the championship. That's going to be a heck of a battle, Ted. Heck of a game, but we got the last game for the Vikings. What are we doing for the Vikings this week, Ted? This show's going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. We're not doing a big board preview this week. They're playing the Lions. We did one two weeks ago. Nothing's changed from two weeks ago. Go watch that preview if you want to see what we think about the positional breakdown. We're going to talk about some news. We are going to do a modified big board because what we're going to do is we're going to grade each of the positions we grade during the week for a preview. We're going to give a letter grade. Now it's the end of the season. Ruby got some a couple questions from Twitter she's going to ask. And then Drew and I have our own three-point plan to get the Vikings 
back into contention yep. next year. We're, we're each going to tell you what that is. I actually have a three-step plan. Really? Yeah. What is it? I got a plan. Believe me, you guys want it. Tell you what, I'll give you part three of part two. Not going to give you a whole bar. Color code, set documents, TM. What time is it? Wolverine? Ted? Hail to the victors now. <laughs> I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you light this little Rose Bowl channel and light this candle? He's right. Light the candle. Go blue! All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Yeah! This has been the worst football year of my life. <laughs> like everyone, well, what about 2011? Because 2011, Ohio State finished under 500. It was in the aftermath of that big cheating scandal, the tattoo scandal. They lost yeah. to Michigan for the first time in like eight years. The Vikings were three and 13. But two things happened that made that not the worst football year of my life. St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series, and that was awesome. That was just an awesome run. And then like the day after or like the Monday after Ohio State lost to Michigan, Ohio State hired Urban Meyer. And I like didn't even care that they lost to Michigan because I knew things were going to be made right with Urban. But this year, I, nothing, nothing. I mean, the Vikings are terrible. Michigan's on the precipice of their first national championship, like undisputed national championship since like before the Korean War, and the Cardinals <laughs> suck. <laughs> it's like nothing. And Ohio State stinks this year. Well, did they, they were loaded too? You spoiled Ohio State fan. Shut up. No, they were terrible. We're not going to do a live show at the end of the Lions game this week. We're going to wait about a week. We're going to get a hold of our buddy Chris. We're going to do something, kind of a season recap show, maybe take some questions for you guys. We're still working all that out. But head on over to Vikings Report to find out who wins our Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team contest because we've got one week left for that. We've got another Defend the North contest, and we've got our Rook Dog Challenge results. Remember, at the beginning of the year, we had you guys pick who you thought was going to be the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. And if somebody picks that right, they win how much money, Drew? 150 bucks. $150, which I would give Drew just to shut up talking about Michigan for the rest of the show, but I don't think he will. So Go blue, Ted. <laughs> So what's at stake this weekend, Drew? The, the Vikings can land anywhere from the ninth pick in the NFL draft to the right. seventh seed in the playoffs. They can still make the playoffs. The Vikings get the ninth pick. If they lose right. to Detroit, the Falcons beat the Saints, and the Bears beat the Packers, and the Raiders beat the Broncos. So the Vikings have to lose, and then the Falcons, Bears, and Raiders have to all win. If that happens, the Vikings have a top 10 pick. Now, if you flip a coin, they could still make the playoffs. Here's what has to happen. They have to beat Detroit, which, okay, whatever. But they got to beat Detroit. <laughs> then the Bears have to beat Green Bay, which, I mean, it could happen. The Cardinals could beat Seattle, and that's a possibility. The Cardinals have been playing better. And either Tampa Bay or New Orleans has to lose. Now, that's the football stuff. Okay? There are a couple other things that have to happen. What's that, Ted? Elon Musk would have to give me Twitter <laughs> for free. Mark Zuckerberg would have to give you Facebook for free. 
<laughs> and all the stock options and all that, the Pope would have to convert to Judaism. <laughs> uh, and I, there's one more here. Oh, and the United States would have to annex Canada. Now, if all that happens... <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Amelia Earhart's plane has to be found. Oh, I mean, okay, you're right. That's that was here in my notes. Jimmy Hoffa has to be found. A cure for cancer must be found by Sunday. Okay. Finally, Tootsis has to lose. No one cares about your fantasy team. We're screwed. So that's everything that has oh, to happen. Well. <laughs> All that other stuff could happen, but that last one is not going to happen. Tootsis is going to win. The only way I see us beating Detroit is if they're sitting guys, and I think they still have something to play for, don't they? Yeah, I don't think they can get the top seed. They can get the number two seed, and, and that would change who they would play, either the, what, the six or seven seed. So I think that's uh, that's something worth playing for if you're Detroit. So I, I think they'll play their starters. The Vikings have announced they're going to play Nick Chuckett. I'm throwing deep. Mullins, he's going to be the starting quarterback. And I like, dude, I have not <laughs> been this apathetic about a Minnesota Vikings game in a very long time. I don't know about you. I want him to win because I'm a Vikings fan. You know that. But the last two weeks, they've taken all the juice out of it, Ted. You know, it sucks. They were in position to go and still win the division, man. And Detroit, had they beaten Detroit and Green Bay, Detroit cooperated last week by losing to Dallas. Very controversial loss, but they still lost. They could have been playing for the division. I'd be fired up and I'd be jazzed up about this game. I'm, I'm just not. They've controlled their own destiny like six different times this year. I mean, what else do you want? So, like I said, we're not going to preview the game. We're going to do a big board season in review. So, we took off intangibles, but if you'll note, we've got quarterback all the way down through coaching, and we are going to give them each a letter grade. Drew, do you want to start off? By the way, welcome, everybody, to episode 120. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. Like, subscribe. Yeah. We don't compare these grades, everybody. This is Ted doesn't know what I picked, and I certainly don't know what he picked. There's no scripting on these grades that we're about to give. I will go first with the quarterback. Can we get an asterisk on the quarterback, maybe? Tootsis could throw that up there. Four and four with Cousins, three and five without him. The quarterback position was a C- minus for me all season. I gave it a D. Oh, you did? Okay. Why'd you give it a C-? minus? I gave him a C- minus because the play calling affected the quarterback play. I don't think the play calling was good enough. And in turn, the execution, because of that play calling, I mean, you're scoring 10 points at home against the Bears. I felt that had a little bit to do with it, but like I said, we lost Cousins at week eight, but we were four and four up to that point. We weren't really setting it on fire. I just felt like the quarterback play wasn't doing that good. Yeah, I, I didn't think so either. Kirk was having a great year statistically, but he had some critical turnovers in the red zone early in the year that caused the Vikings to start off, you know, what, what was it, one and four, I think. Right. You know, the the thing that that really sucked is that when they won, when they were up 24-3 in Green Bay, it just sort of felt that the ship had been righted. You know, like the offense was playing well, the defense right. was starting to play well, and then, you know, Kirk pops his Achilles in the third quarter or whenever it was, or fourth quarter. And then from there, you know, Nick Mullins has put up some monster yards, but also some monster interceptions. Josh Dobbs had those two just memorable games, but overall, D. Only reason I didn't give it an F is because Joshua Dobbs had those two really good games and Kirk was playing very well before he got hurt. They turned the ball over way too much. So that's quarterback. The running game, I gave an F. I mean, it was probably the worst running game since 2016, and it just was terrible all season long. My grade for the run game was an F, as in figure it out because you ain't got a running back <laughs> one. 
I think Ty Chandler can be like an RB1, but he needs a guy that's better than Alexander Madison to compliment him. I think Chandler should get a shot at first running back position next year. Depends on what we do in the draft. I don't really like free agency for a running back, but the running situation isn't good. That was an easy grade for me. Yep, me too. What about the receiving game? Considering the quarterback carousel and losing J.J. for seven games, I think they adapted and they adjusted and they had to deal with all these different quarterbacks coming in who they weren't in sync with. All that aside, I gave the receiving group a B plus. I gave him an A. Oh, you did? Okay. Explain to me why you bumped it up from my B plus. All the reasons you said about the quarterbacks, they had a constant disruption at the quarterback position after Kirk Cousins got hurt. And other than K.J. Osborne, who was wildly disappointing, two weeks ago, heading into the Detroit game, Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson, and Jordan Addison had very realistic shots to all get 1,000 yards receiving. That is a remarkable accomplishment. Well, it's not going to happen now because Hawkinson got hurt in the Detroit game. I think Addison and J.J. can get there, but they really had really bad numbers against Green Bay, which hurt their case. But when you look at how well the Vikings passing game was, other than the turnovers, for most of the season, I, I thought what those guys did was remarkable. That's a good point, Seth. That's a really good point. Next is O-line. I gave them a B. I gave them a B minus. I mean, I thought they played much better. You know, everybody was talking about how the Vikings did nothing in the offseason to address the offensive line. And my thing was, well, they didn't address it because they want continuity on the line. And they struggled a little bit earlier in the year, and then they traded for Dalton Reisner. And I thought things – I thought the Vikings' pass blocking, for the most part, was pretty good. I think they struggled. Nick Mullins has taken some sacks, but I think a lot of that has to do with him holding on to the ball too long. Same with Jaron Hall. Joshua Dobbs seemed to bail out of the pocket early. Again, you know, if you could say the receivers did pretty good with fluctuating quarterback situation, I think you could say the same thing about the offensive line, which is why I gave them a B. Yeah, I think it started off really strong. I think it ended poorly the last the last month or so. The Vikings offensive line didn't look like it had the first 13 weeks or whatever. But all in all, I think it was a step up from 2022. I looked at my grades from last year, which I kept over here on the wall, and I had a C- minus last year, so they bought a whole grade up. Okay. Front seven. What would you grade the front seven at? The loss of Hicks was huge. The Vikings' run defense was good the whole year, I thought. I mean, it started out a little slow, but it picked up, and I think it, it was better than last year. The Vikings' run defense might be the story of the 2023 season. We need a guy in the middle. We know that. We've talked about it. We need a couple guys in the middle, somebody to play nose. The interior of the defensive line is going to have to be addressed early because that's a spot usually in the draft. If you don't get one of the top dogs, you're getting a guy that takes three years out, and we need a guy right away. So we could talk about that in the future. But the front seven, Ted, I gave him a B because you know they flashed again, but at the end of the season, they tailed off a little bit. I think we need another defensive end. I like Wanham, but if you look at the NFL today, these teams are having have to have two good defensive ends. Remember, it used to just yeah. be like one real superior guy. You know, Chase Young and Bosa. You got Hassan Reddick and Sweat. We need work there, but for this season, I gave him a B. I gave him a C plus. Like you said, Jordan Hicks had a very good year. I like Ivan Pace Jr. I thought he should be in the running or at least in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year, but they just kind of got manhandled at times there was a stretch there 
probably from what like week seven or eight all the way through the Raiders game when they tossed that shutout where the defense was hard to figure out. But now these last two or three weeks, they've been figured out. And I think a lot of it has to do with them not being able to apply consistent pressure. The Vikings, like you said, the run defense has been good, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But their inability to generate a pass rush without bringing guys, you know, on a blitz has turned out to be very costly these last three or four games. And now they're not even getting home when they blitz. So right. that's a problem that's going to have to be addressed and fixed for next year, which is why I gave a C. Secondary, I gave a C-. minus. Did you really? I did, yeah. Okay. Mostly for death. I mean, Byron Murphy went out. Caleb Evans has really kind of fallen off a cliff this last, what, five or six games. I don't know what it is. There's some talent there. I like Makai Blackman. I think Harrison Smith has lost a step. I do like Cam Bynum and Josh Metellus, your Michigan boy, Josh Metellus, in the secondary. But, again, this defense was just only okay at stopping the pass. I think, what, they were 20, they're 20th in the NFL in, in yards giving up, something like that. Right. That's why I gave him a C minus. And this last game against Green Bay kind of maybe dropped them from a C to a C minus. But Green Bay receivers were running wide open all night long. I mean, there was nobody within five yards of those guys for a majority of the game. And you're like, what is going on? That was their worst coverage game. Yeah. So I, I dropped it to a C minus. Okay. Let me grab my notes on here. <laughs> I have. <laughs> What? <laughs> you got the? Oh. You got a, is something wrong with your head? It's like it bruised or get, something. How'd that get there? Sorry, Ted. Yeah, you um, can take that finger and stick it up your rear end, but that's just. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Saban said. I gave the secondary a B plus. We're kind of off on this. A yeah. Little bit okay. I, I think they improved from last year, and I think a lot of that improvement has you got to throw Flores' scheme in there. Scheme matters, but Bynum. Listen, we got Cam Bynum in the fourth round. Metellus was a sixth rounder. Mm -hmm. Considering all the high draft picks they've had for corner, those are the two guys that have worked out the best. It's kind of sad, but they fell apart late, but I'd given them a B plus. Now, here's the kicker to the whole thing. The Vikings have a very good safety group. If freaking Booth and Scene would have worked out, they'd be really strong in the secondary right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead, you have to go back to the drawing board in the draft. You're going to have to draft another corner, maybe pretty high. Football today, Ted, the secondary is, there's a lot of pressure. If you don't have an A secondary, you can't do anything really. I don't know why you're so down on Lewis Seen. He played eight snaps on defense against Green Bay. What is wrong with Lewis Seen? I don't know. I think I gave them an F last year. I'd have to go back and look. But without a doubt, they improved a lot from last year. And, and that's something that should be noted. They got a lot better than last year. I just think they still have some work to do. All right, red zone. Drewster, what'd you give the Vikings in the red zone this year? Red zone. Vikings had 50 red zone attempts on offense, 24 touchdowns, Ted. That's not good. For a 48%. That's not good enough. Ranked like 25th in the NFL in terms of offensive red zone. I gave a offensive red zone a D minus and our defensive red zone a B. So if you play between D minus and B, you're about a C. So I gave him a C. I gave him a D. The red zone average is a complete failure. And look, I get they had problems on offense this past year with, you know, losing Kirk Cousins and then all the quarterback situation and all that kind of stuff. But you're in the NFL, man. You still got to be better. And you can't give up points when you get in the red zone, especially turn the ball over. And the Vikings were terrible at that. I thought the Vikings defense in the red zone was pretty good, but I still think they gave up too many touchdowns 
if you want to be considered a championship caliber football team, they didn't generate a lot of turnovers in the red zone. They didn't really make a lot of game-changing plays in terms of sacking the quarterback to knock a guy or to knock a team out of field goal range. So I gave them a D. Special teams is next. I gave them a a C for special teams. Greg Joseph was one of the worst kickers statistically in the NFL this year. I do like Brandon Powell's a punt returner. Ryan Wright slipped a little bit from last year. I think he had a really good season last year. He dropped a little bit. Uh, All in all, a C. I gave him a B. I gave Matt Daniels an A. I gave the execution of the special teams player an A, but Greg Joseph brings down the whole classroom's grade. He's the guy, he's the kid that brings the whole classroom down. He got an F, so that brings it down to a B for me. Our coverage teams were really good this year. I don't remember us giving up a long return on, e- on anything. But the money part of your special teams every year, Ted, is still the kicker. He's yep. the one that generates your points most of the time. So Joseph brought the whole grade down to a B. I had him at an A. Yeah, I, I and mostly because of uh, Joseph and his Technicolor kicking, I dropped him. I dropped him down to a C. Wasn't Donny Osmond in that? Might have been. I don't know. You see Marie Osmond on those commercials lately? She's still a smoke show. Who? Marie Osmond? Yeah, she, oh, she's doing man. some weight loss thing, yeah. She may be a little bit country, but I give her a little bit of rock and roll, if you know what I'm saying. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, what do you get for coaching, brother? KOC got a B as a head coach, being able to deal with all the injuries. I gave him a B. Play calling was a D minus. <laughs> Flores got an A plus, even though we fell apart late. Okay. So you figure all those grades together, Ted. I had to give the Vikings a C still. Yeah, that's what I gave them. When you lose your starting quarterback, you know, and then you lose your next guy in the first quarter of the next week, and you have to go to a guy that's been on the team five days or whatever it was, and you win the next two games, that's something. I think Kevin O'Connell has brought the right culture to the Vikings. I think he's a good coach. I agree with you that his play calling needs to improve. You can't blame it when you lose your quarterback, when you get in the red zone not being able to score. That's where coaching comes into play. Last year, I thought O'Connell did a great job of calling plays to get the Vikings in the end zone when they were in the red zone last year. And that creativity wasn't there this year. Now, look, I know they lost Justin Jefferson for a while as well, but it was just bland and vanilla. And I can't remember how many times you and I would be texting during a game and we would say, well, here's Madison running a three and out. And that's exactly what would happen. You know, I mean, it just, it, it, that has got to get better. Brian Flores, I give a solid A as well. I just think the guy did a great job with the players he had and got this Vikings defense in a much better place than they were at this time last year. But overall, C-. minus. Yes. That's it. All right. Do you want to give the Vikings an overall grade for the year? We'll slide back to the center here. Uh, I'm going to give the Vikings an overall grade of a C because they're just an average yeah. team. Average to slightly mediocre, C-. minus. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's what they are. Next up, I've been trying to put this off for as long as possible, but it's time for Ruby to gloat in our Nobody Cares About Fantasy team. She's going for 13 wins.
14 wins. You know who has 14? I'm a lifelong Huskies fan. I know that. (laughs) All right. We also have one more contest. It's our last Defend the North contest. Sadly, the Minnesota Vikings did not this year, but you can still win. All you got to do is in our comments below, just like our Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team picks, put your comments down below here on our YouTube page, not on our website, not on social media. We only accept them here. But to win... This week's Defend the North contest, all you have to do is pick two things. Who you think is going to win the game between Detroit and Minnesota and what the total point score of the game is going to be. Got to pick the winner, and then the person who is closest to the point total, you can go over or under, it doesn't matter, but who is ever closest to the point total wins. So you got to pick the winning team and be closest to the point totals of the two teams combined, and then you will win that sweet T-shirt that we have showed you before. So tell us who you think is going to win Defend the North. Tell us who you think is going to win. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. And now, I don't know. What are we doing now? We want to answer some Twitter questions? Yeah, let's answer a couple of Twitter questions. Ruby, you there? I'm here. All right, so the first question is, who are your priority unrestricted free agent signings on offense during the offseason? Ted? Drew and I kind of agreed that quarterback is the number one thing the Vikings have to do. So we're not going to discuss Kirk right now. We have the entire offseason to talk about Kirk and the quarterback situation. So I'm just taking Kirk out of the equation for this, answering this question. I would go Dalton Reisner, and I'm looking at everybody else on that list. Udo, Joseph, Dobbs, Akers, Chris Reed, Powell. Brandon Powell I'd like to see come back. I like both Schlotman and Questenberry as backup guys and Brandle. My number one, other than you take Cousins away, and we're going to talk about whether all that here again later. Dalton Reisner is probably the one guy on that list I think is a got to have back. What about you, Drew? That's right where I'm at. You got to have Reisner back, and I think Questenberry played really well. You got to have a good depth at right tackle. I think that's it for me. I'm not really worried about anything else on that list. Are you? No, not particularly. I'm, I'm really not, no. We'll get out of here. Since we're not doing a trivia segment, I want to get up or down. Is Michigan going to win the national championship? I think they are going to win the national championship. I think they have proven it all year. And if you listen to them, they got a really good attitude going into this game, and they have for the whole season. And I I think my boys get it done. I will tell you this. We are recording this show on the 21st anniversary of the Ohio State-Miami game, the Fiesta Bowl where Ohio State pulled that massive upset on what everybody thought that was, was a great one of the game. greatest college football teams of all time. They beat Miami 31-24 in double overtime. And when C. Grant pulled Ken Dorsey down, I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now. It was the happiest I have ever felt at the end of a sporting event. I was absolutely euphoric. And I was on cloud nine for two weeks because one of my favorite football teams, one of my two favorite football teams, finally won a title that I got to witness in my lifetime. And I can't tell you how much I hate the Michigan Wolverines as, as a fan of Ohio State. But, brother, I will, I will tell you this, and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If Michigan wins, I hope you get that feeling of euphoria that I got when Ohio State beat Miami and then, and then beat Alabama and then Oregon for their national title in 2014. It is the absolute best feeling in the world. And I hope we can share that feeling when the Vikings win the Super Bowl someday. 
Thank you, sir. I'm looking forward to the game. I'm not going to stress out too much about it. <laughs> the team is bonded right now, and I think they are going to be fired up Monday night. So thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm looking for that euphoric feeling, Ted. It's the best feeling I've ever felt after a sporting event. I, it was just so cool. And I still watch that game from time to time. I still watch the Alabama game and the Oregon game, and I just, man, it's, it's just cool. It's just cool. God, I wish your team was watching. That'd be great. Then we could really enjoy it. But no, yeah, whatever. It's Michigan. So I, if they win, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did as an OSU fan. So anyways, with that, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that stuff. Like I said, we are not doing a live post-game show after the Lions game because you are probably about as apathetic about that game and the results and want to talk about it when it's done uh, as much as we do. But we will get with our buddy Chris and we will have a live show sometime about a week or so after the Vikings regular season is over. We'll right. take fan questions. We'll talk about the offseason. We'll do a whole litany of stuff. But until then, Drew, good luck with your, with your you. Wolverines on Monday night. I'll try to do better the next time. Why don't you take us home, brother? It's about team, team, team. You got to play as a team. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Ted, thank you. For uh, I know you hate Michigan, but I know part of a little bit of you is going to be saying, "I've ah, get, get Drew the win. Let him win something." My no. sports teams don't win a lot. <laughs> I'm a, a Vikings, Sharks, and Wolverines. I mean, there's not a lot of championships going around of those three teams. This is Drew signing off from the ship Nostromo. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. <laughs> Go blue.